Hello beautiful souls, this is your host Chris Cypher, and you are listening to Deep Chat with Chris Cypher. So earlier on today, I was thinking about just the concept of time itself and how this reality has adopted a linear view on time. I mean, you can see it in examples such as the clock, you know, the moving forward, the labeling of days and months and seasons, all looked at as an ongoing, continuing, repetitive thing. And the more that I started to think about time, I was thinking about the past and the present and the future. And thinking about the future got me thinking about precognition and things of that sort, or not even along the lines of precognition, but really just the future itself. And I think that the future can be looked at as an endless equation of infinite variables. So, when I think of the future, I think of chance, of possibility, of a formula that plays itself out in the specific ways that it creates not only itself, but its sum and its outcome is pulled forth by every individual variable that you've added your whole life and that is still a crazy concept to me when I think about it Sometimes I'll just be sitting and I'll be like, wow, man, every moment of my life led up to this one right here. And of course, like, well, duh, you know, I was alive and now I'm here alive. But every, everything that happened to me every decision every choice of chance and all the things involved in the equation that makes up my life my surroundings my upbringing social influences as well as personal influences and all just adding into the equation so that is to be taken into consideration your past then to better look at your future 
it's good to just think about what you've done wrong. You know, not beat up yourself, but really just uh, analyze and see what you could have done better. Use that to next time to be successful in a, a similar situation that comes along and is a test. But if anybody tells you that they can see the future or tell the future, like, don't believe them. It's hogwash. Not saying that there's not actual fortune tellers out there, but those are the ones that know that the future is potentiality. It is a if-then statement. A what if statement per se so, yeah, there is infinite of options at any given moment in every one of them so intricately intricately <laughs> intertwined to create your consciousness at this very moment. <clears throat> I guess when I'm meditating, I really feel like I'm out of this continuum. The, or the, you know, pattern of just the existential anxiety of existing in such a world as this. And uh, sometimes I get gripped. I wish, I have, you know, I have this picture in my head of the one that I want to be the top option, you know? And it falls short of my own potential, like my own standards even. Daily. I might just get too mad about something or just get caught in the perpetual waves, the tsunamis, the earthquakes and tornadoes that is not only individual but collective human consciousness. And it's easy to slip off into the abyss and to hide in the void because it feels safe and condensed and in there the only thing that exists is you and I don't know about you but to me that seems like quite a lonely existence like the people that 
really think that there's nothing after we die like like who hurt you how depressing must that be well you see actually could or not because among people that believe nothing happens after we die are usually two groups and one of them that believe we just cease to exist which is like we never existed in the first place therefore we wouldn't be consciousness or experience the dread of nothingness once we've become it and there are as well the people that believe that when we die we go into the ground and we stay in the ground and our consciousness stays there See, in the first one, the people that believe that we are just, you know, boop, like, out of the, you know, existence. The consciousness, too, is just gone. So, I guess those people don't believe that we have a soul. Because then, you know, I think the general consensus around people that believe that we have souls is that it is eternal I've never really met somebody that you know believed that we have souls but thought of them as impermanent and that that was actually a very interesting point Because if you believe in souls and that we have a soul or that we are a soul because that's something that I see that maybe is not quite understood about people that really believe see I've been saying it wrong I'm sorry because if we have a soul, then we are a soul. It's not something... To say we have it would imply that we are separate from it having ownership. And we, as the idea of I, is just like the consciousness of the ego so it really comes down to either one or two things or like one of two things one of two things <laughs> if we like either we are a soul or we are an ego and if you believe that we do not have a soul, then you believe that we are just a consciousness of the ego that evaporates upon our physical body's expiration. Oh, wow, that's kind of like, you know, but if you do believe that, like, kudos to you everybody's entitled 
to your um opinion but also like in my thought processes or you know my beliefs I like to just kind of steer away from that word beliefs it's just so like meh you know but I really think that everybody's has the right you know to their own opinion like if it's your life and you've lived through your mind or you know maybe through your soul or yourself but just for this uh, example you've lived like you know through your own whatever you want to call it and you have the human right of having an opinion nobody let me uh i what i believe that you don't have the right to do is is push your opinion on somebody else where it violates like it, where it disrespects their opinion essentially it's all fun and cool to have your opinion and uh, to tell people about your opinion, but, you know, you should always try to learn other people's opinion and maybe help you see some flaws in your opinion. Like, who knows? Who knows? But I think everything's far too intricate to rule out the potential of us being infinite. I think that the world is far too beautiful to not have something wonderful going on behind the scenes. Something magnificent of massive proportions. really just think that thinking about the future can in many ways be good but also be bad something that you should not become attached to Uh, at any like the attachment on any level. At any level is fundamentally detrimental. It's fundamentally unhelpful. (laughs) Downright. A trap. I think attachment to anything is just ultimately a trap. That that's why it's called a trap, though. To trap, to trap you, trap and keep you in the hell realm within your own mind. Attachments to any idea, whether good or bad, the future, the present, the past. It's good to have foresight and it's good to be able to assess your situation well enough to kind of 
playing a little bit ahead, you know, like a game of chess, always being a couple ahead, a couple moves ahead. That'll keep you in good standings. But it becomes a problem when you become so attached to anything that you allow it to pull you away from the singularity. When you start separating ideas and concepts in your mind and labeling something as either this, that, or the other, then that is where the confusion ensues. And if not properly dealt with, one can potentially become overrun with anxiety, with worry about either this, that, or the third, or even those two are negative, but I have to throw in that, you know, could bring enlightenment, because anything with enough dedication can bring enlightenment, learn how to hacky sack, like, learning how to speak different languages or read different languages. Yoga, meditation, karate, swimming, whatever. Like I say, you know, there's, there's, there's infinite ways. Up to the mountain of enlightenment. And everyone's going to get there. Just some paths you take are slower, and that's okay. I don't know why everything has to be so dang fast for in the first place. Like... Chill out for a minute. Slow down. Oh my gosh. Don't understand. Everybody has to be rushing all the time. What is what? What is the rush? What is the big, big deal? Why with the social formalities? Why with the hullabaloo of the city life? I don't get it. Some people love it. And I'm not, I'm not speaking down about it. I'm just saying I don't understand it. And a lot of people that seem to fear what they don't understand. And um, when John F. Kennedy said the only thing to fear Sphere itself. I mean, like, you know, I guess if if you're speaking as in like a healthy, like quote unquote fear, like meaning just a, an awareness and kind of a readiness, you know, not a not an anxiety or a stumbling block. I don't really don't think you should fear anything. <laughs> but but people have fears for reasons. It's not like you just 
you know, are afraid of something for no reason. You might think there's not a reason, or you might just not have found it out yet. But, uh, all fears are rooted in something. And are explainable and can be overcome. And can be overcome. A lot of people are afraid of dying, especially, you know, that's a, an American thing. They, uh, we try to preserve the body after they die, it's into a, um, a funeral home. And at the funeral home, they, the people's job there is to make them look Good. They take out the organs and fill their body with embalming fluid so it preserves and doesn't rot long enough to have the wake where they put makeup on them and so their eyes shut so they're not like sprung out wide open and uh, so their mouth shut so their mouth doesn't fall open or something. And, I mean, you know, metaphorically, that's really what we've, we've done to death. What I've used to allow myself to do, you know, my eyes and mouth closed to it. I would not rather see it or speak about it, but it's uh, the, one of the only inevitables in life. And one of the only truths that are absolutely irrefutable, aside from love, which is the opposite, but the same. There's a, you know, there's a fear of death and in most cases, it's unhealthy, yes. But I think a greater thing that uh, you got the fear of death, but what I think is more tragic is the fear of life. The fear of, oh, if I do this, no, gotta do that. Oh, people afraid to live their best life. And it's a doggone shame if I ever seen one. Like, what are you scared of in the first place? What the, somebody is going to think something about you? Come on. What do you think about yourself? If you spend all your time thinking, worrying about what other people think about you, what do you think about yourself? 
how can you think about yourself? I mean, it really feels like these things should be elementary, but they're not. And I'm not talking down to anybody about anything because I feel like I've only even just barely begun my actual, like, conceptualization or my retention of any wisdom to understand and be able to, like, you know, logically file these truths, as I say, with quotations, with these allusions to the truth. And I am always, 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 always so far behind. Right on schedule, but so far behind. Just, which is like the depressing way to look at it, you know, I mean, an infinite, well, of wisdom. You can either look at yourself as the drop or you can look at yourself as the well itself in its entirety. And it all depends on whichever one you associate yourself with. Are you going to be a product of your surroundings, maybe your past or your past lives? Are you going to be a effect of your emotions? Or maybe your thoughts or fears or desires or dreams. Where are you at on the spectrum? Do you speculate your life through the filter of your attachments? Emotions are not a bad thing. It's attachments to emotion that is harmful. Thoughts are not a bad thing. It's the clinging to the concepts to get you messed up. Desire is a natural thing. Everybody desires something. But getting caught up in those desires is what brings the suffering. And I've been studying Buddhism relatively on and off for a few, 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 few years now. And it really, you know, kind of tries to drive home the fact that desire is bad. It never really goes out on the limb. At least as far as I've researched, I don't consider myself to be a Buddhist major or anything like that. I'm just a advocator and a very strong enthusiast for the ideology of Buddhism. And from what I've seen, it says that thoughts and emotions, you know, at their essence are pointless or distractions. But it does not 
say that they're bad necessarily, but the attachments to them are the pen and the gear. Because consciousness can be like an ocean, you know, I'll say that with the waves and all of that good stuff. But many a times in life you'll find yourself in a storm. Many storms have thunder and lightning. And some of them can be very, very frightening. But do not be afraid and trust in yourselves and trust in your abilities and trust in your intuition, your potential. It's infinite and you as well. Many good tidings. Truth may you find. Much love. And have a good time. Thank you for listening.